0: Do you ever get the feeling like you were meant to do something extraordinary? This morning, oh my god, I got out of bed, my foot hovered oh, before it hit the ground. was oh, hovered for a split second, like I, was, like I was floating. I'm telling you, I, I think I can fly. Hello, hello,
1: hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pilot Light a podcast in which we watch a pilot and then we talk about it. My name is David.
0: (laughs) And my name is Sam.
1: Welcome. Uh, This week, in our new good-bad swing, conversely, we watched the pilot for 2006, Heroes, uh, which is a notorious show in oh so many
0: ways. Is this a good show or a bad show? It's hard to tell. I mean, it depends how long you keep watching for, I suppose, doesn't it?
1: If you if you have the, the mental cognizance to really make yourself believe that they only made one season of this, I think this stands up as like a, a, a really good, rewatchable, tense like um, comic book drama. That's mm. probably how I categorise it. Seminal but then even exactly, yeah. but then if you can't pretend like things don't exist, I mean, obviously that's hard and being an adult is tough. Uh, then obviously this is one of the uh, taken as a whole. The four C three four seasons of this show are one of the lowest quality TV shows I've ever seen. Because see, the, honestly, everything outside of season one of this is horrible.
0: Now we we've both seen this before, and our our, our good friend Joe, um, you know, in the in the midst of COVID lockdown, was like, I'm going to go and through watch good all friend? of this all of this TV. And he he went and watched Heroes and watched Heroes season two. And then at that point, we're like, OK, well, you know, you've had your fun now. Just stop. Don't do it anymore. Why would you do that to yourself? And yet he continued and he watched season three and four. Um, and
1: continued to complain about it whenever we spoke. And we we're like, well, why are you still watching it, Joe? Stop watching it. It's really not worth it. It's really poor. We, pro-
0: we both promised
1: him <laughs> over and over and over again that it wasn't worth his time. And usually, Joe, it's impossible to make the man watch anything. And this time, he insists on watching, honestly, some of the worst television ever made. Yeah, I'm not
0: sure if I've even seen season four. I think I just, I just stopped there. I think,
1: I think, to be fair, there were three seasons, I think. And then there's the reborn, which is like season four, so to speak. Yeah. I think there were
0: only three. Three proper. But, however... We are here to talk about the pilot today. We're here to talk about the first yes, episode within our of...
1: own imaginary framework.
0: Yes, yes, and obviously um, this is a show, as you say, two thousand six. It's it's very it's very unique. I think at the time in terms of what was what else was around in two thousand six. Absolutely.
1: And... Um, I tell you what, Sam. First thing, do you just want to read us a plot summary, and then we've got somewhere to jump from?
0: So, uh, common people discover that they have superpowers. Their lives intertwine as a devastating bah, event bah, bah. must be prevented. Indeed, yeah, it's 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 quite a. I think you'd call this high concept. I think is probably the the you know the, the there's yeah, a lot definitely. going on and, and they try and bring a lot of threads together um, in a way that. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe TV TV hadn't really done something like this before. I think that's why. Well, this is like
1: the biggest point I think to make about this series, from two thousand and six, is that from twenty twenty, like it seems really a This seems like really well trodden ground, the idea of turning a comic book into a TV series. But in two thousand and six, this is quite like a sort of, this is quite out there, really. You know, turn turning a comic book into quite like, quite a serious. And I know they have superpowers, but quite grounded in reality. TV show, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is you know obviously we've we talk quite a lot it's like the MCU and the sort of 2008 uh, Iron Man, kind of like signalling the epoch of this like you know 12 year span where we've had over 20 Marvel films, I think off the top of my head, and like so we're just it's thrown at us from every angle. Whereas in the mid that really, really was not the case. We'd had by two thousand and six, I think we'd had uh, the, a couple of the Spider-Man films, um, Sam Raimi, and we'd had a really terrible Hulk film, I think, and maybe one or two of the X-Men films, and I think that's basically it, really. Like yeah. that's it since since um, you know the the bat the Batman quadrology from the nineties.
0: <laughs> yes, and 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 I, as much as I do have a warm a warm place in my heart for those nineties Batman movies, I think um batman and robin you know the the one with george clooney yeah <laughs> we've mentioned this before i think batman and robin is like that is superhero movies in 2000 and whatever uh, or uh, late 90s sorry because yeah. it really and like
1: the early 2000s weren't much better and obviously like i think the spider-man films went a long way to so i think paving the way for stuff like this to be mainstream yeah and yeah. i think heroes was quite mainstream it's like you know, whereas in the nineties, like you know, nerds are watching cartoons about you know comic book characters, and like as a rule, superhero films don't do fantastically well. And then Spider Man came along, and suddenly it's cool. And then Heroes, you know, was something that was two thousand and six. We were still at school, um, and like it was definitely talked about. I don't think I watched it while it aired, but it was definitely like in the cultural zeitgeist at the time. And it wasn't just you know nerdy kids in the parents' basement watching it. This was. You know, caught the caught the world's attention in a certain way.
0: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this comes from Lost, Um which is a... it, it's. This is a quintessential
1: mid-orts drama. Yeah. It's washed out,
0: and and I think it's I convoluted
1: think Lost... to the point where, honestly, you need to like sit down and make notes to unpick it. Yeah, Lost is that like show Lost, that, that, that came
0: out in two thousand four, and that was. I mean that was a massive show at the time. It was massive. That first series, where we
1: watched an episode of Lost in so in media studies at school.
0: Yeah, 2005. totally. So that first season is when I think you really get uh, that first season of Lost. Like no one has a effing clue what is going on. Nobody had a clue what was going on. Like there wasn't there I wasn't that anything continued for like about this before. Ten years, didn't it? <laughs> Say again. I
1: think it's it's kind of like a. That continued throughout its run. Oh, it did, and, uh, yeah. But the that, other show, I want but to that first is like, season, kind of like the the trifecta here is Prison Break is also very similar, where, like you said, every episode has a massive cliffhanger in it. There's always like a, yeah. <gasps> but, but every but single. I think Lost
0: is. I think Lost is important specifically, because I think I think what it what it did it did two things. It set up this style of show. It set up the 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 moody, the noir, the real feel of like, um. You know we don't really know what's happening and 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 there's and there's there's a real sense of unknown which i think a lot of shows didn't really go down that route there was it was it was more about creating formulas that worked and so a show that came out at the same time as as um as heroes was dexter which is a great show a great show very dark but it's formulaic and i think what these shows these serialized dramas do is they they break away from a formula. So the example I'd given Lost is, holy shit, there's polar bears on this island. Yeah, Like, that, come, that came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. And I think Heroes tries to capture that. Um, just before you come in, the other thing is the ensemble cast. Lost had a huge cast, a huge cast, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that Heroes, again, really leans on that. And I, I, I think the... Um, uh, the, the, the creator of Heroes, Tim Kring, actually had conversations with uh, with Damon Lindelof, um, who worked on Lost as a editor-producer, as a because I think he, he knew that that was, that was something that he wanted to emulate um, with NBC.
1: No, totally. Um, I, I agree with all of that, really. I was never a massive Lost fan. I do remember watching that one episode of Media Studies and being like, oh, this is pretty good, I should watch more of this, and then never doing that. Um, but it's something I've read about quite a lot since, because it really like captures, like you said, as it's kind of the first in those shows where all the tension is, is kind of derived from the mystery, and and so the show goes to great lengths to either create new mysteries or to never really explain, do you know what I mean? Never get the, to the bottom of that initial mystery because mm-hmm. it's so important to the tension in in every episode, and I think I think Heroes kind of takes a lot of that really, like. I mean, let's just talk about the first season because that's obviously more relevant to this pilot than the shit shows that followed. But you kind of have the the better description for heroes, I think, and we talked about this on offline as well. Was save the cheerleader, save the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, an, ama- like, it's an amazing tagline, isn't it? It, it sums it up really so much. Really,
1: is a fantastic tagline, and it kind of just tells you kind of everything you need to know. Like the main characters in this are that's their goal, you know yeah and and so that's that's the stab of it but there's quite a lot of like oh who's doing what what's doing what is he a bad guy is he a bad guy and the show kind of like ekes this out at i think quite quite good pace throughout the first series where it gives you just enough to be tantalizing Mm. but not so much that you're kind of overwhelmed with information
0: and in this pilot i think that there's a lot of um there's a lot of nothing happening, <laughs> from for most in of this, this pilot, forty-four minute the way, pilot. There isn't which, really much going on. In
1: which, the main villain of the series does not appear or even get like a nod.
0: Yeah, there's no there's, and, there's no antagonist, like, and there's no and
1: there are like several main cast members of this show who are just not in this first episode. Yeah, which I think is a really ballsy move for two thousand and six.
0: It is, and I think I think what it shows is their confidence in the the. the the Characters they had created and their confidence in the premise, and so what you see is them giving the viewer a, a bit of an insight into what's coming, but never really showing the full hand. Um, and you know, that I think again, that's part of that whole that's part of that whole kind of new television, which actually, now as you say, is just the way things are. You look at every well, single TV like show, look at Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say actually, even more so than Game of Thrones. I think it really paved the way for these ten episode limited series on Netflix. Yeah. Like let's do ten hour long episodes and have each episode focus on maybe either a different character or a different aspect of the plot. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of like I think before these shows in the, in the oars, TV and film were really, really quite severely separated into like you know two different things like tv didn't try and tell the sorts of stories that you would tell on film whereas i think shows like lost and like heroes they kind of to take like half a step towards that sort of film arc where you get a much longer much more convoluted plot because you're having to rely on your audience to watch every single week to be able to like know what's going on whereas tv in the 90s especially it it kind of is built around it being fine if you miss a week.
0: Yes, yeah, because because no not because there's not that there's not that serialized week by week plot, is that that, that people have to keep up on? Um, in terms, so in terms of how this the, where this show came from, I think it's quite interesting. I think so. Tim Kring is the is the the, the kind of main creator. Um, and he'd had lots of experience with NBC and, and various other shows, and um, the, the, there's a quote here, and he, he began thinking about how big, scary, and complicated he felt the world is and wanted to create a character driven <laughs> series wait for it about people who could do something about it now we talk about lots the the, the epochs the eras of, of you know modern culture and I think so much of it comes down to pre-2001 and post-2001 and so you know we are the big ones the big ones for me summer
1: 2001 obviously 9-11 and 2008 when the whole world's economy shit the bed
0: yeah yeah, and it's, isn't it great to live through all of that and COVID? Fantastic.
1: But this guy was having existential dread before the economic crash.
0: Yeah, but he would still have the good war on terror to keep him going. So I think this show really, really, really sums up what's happening in the American psyche and, and the world psyche as well, to be fair. But there, there's something going on here that's really trying to, as, as he says there, make sense of... The crazy, crazy world that we live in. And I think so much of it comes down to that idea that um, in the 90s, TV is about good guys and it's about bad guys. You know, it's superhero movies that exist, but they're all exaggerated. They all have maniacal, laughing villains, they all have bombastic. Um,
1: well, they're cartoonish, Sam. Y- I exactly, it's
0: it's, the... and, and it's about e- e- evil is encapsulated in individuals. It's encapsulated in people. It's encapsulated in individual circumstances. And I think what this show does, and this show is reacting to, is that holy hell, we do not know what evil is anymore. You know, we the the world has been flipped upside down by this horrific. Um, uh, terrorist attack or american american culture has certainly and i think what it's all what the, what they're trying to do is trying to react to that they're trying to figure out what the hell that means and so you come to this idea that instead of having your your noble superheroes fighting the evil bad guys you come down to normal people being heroes and the normality um the, the hero in, in normality and i think that is that, that there's something really really that crystallises the post 9-11 world and this show is I think one of quite a few different ones probably that that it, um, that tries to like understand what's going on in, in that world that everyone's living in now Um and I think it's it really, it's really interesting to look back now and then as you say compare it to the Marvel films and all the superhero films we've got post 2008 with Iron Man they're all the same they're all about the internal evil they're they're all about the faceless evil they're all about the systems they're all about um, it's less campy it's less Batman and Robin and it's more the Dark Knight and I think this 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 film is just uh, this series it just encapsulates that so so well in a way that I don't think another show has done you know in terms of you can see the gears turning
1: I think it's also wonderfully grounded um, I think this series, for me anyway, it's kind of like a, a real mashup of like we talked we, we said before about how this kind of like marks are changing in the way that TV is made, and and for me it's because it's this mashup of all these like classic genres like it's quite dark it's quite gritty you know like it's kind of taking a lot from those like you know classic PI novels like you know Philip Marlowe and things and quite a lot from like murder mystery type things, because there's a lot of that in this, there's a lot of investigating, there's a lot of like, no one quite knows what's going on um, and then, like you said, there's it's not really a, I mean there is a villain in this series, but he isn't a moustache twirling villain uh, there is a shady organisation but it's it's largely unclear like, what their agenda is and it's kind of like this spy versus spy thing for a lot of it, with that kind of thing, and, and it kind of blends all that quite well together, while also for, for a show that's about people with superpowers, it's remarkably grounded.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you look at all like the... these are
1: normal people, yeah, and they look like normal people. There's a reason that all of the actors in this show, because we're not going to talk about them because they do, they've most of them have done very little else, is because they aren't your classic like you know TV leading actors. They aren't the you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to put anyone on this down, but they aren't the best looking people in the world they aren't you know known faces nobody in this was you know a known quantity before this it's very like fresh faced it's very small time in, in that way Yeah, which I think is a real like it really lends itself to this show that you're not going. Oh, look, it's Courtney Cox, and she's flying. It's it's not that. It's oh, look at this person who obviously has never had an acting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think <laughs> like they're all starring role before. All
0: all of the characters as well. They're looking. They're they're searching for truth, aren't they? Like that is. Yeah. That's the essence of what the all of these people. They want to understand what's going on because they don't get it, and 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 I think the the, the casting really backs that up because you do you do get that sense of it. it you don't have a pre-defined view of, of these character, um of any of these actors coming in and so I think that it, it all adds to that it all adds to that kind of search of or, or exploration of the human condition you know and like facing the evil within all this stuff which is I, I just think it's really good it's really good and, and this first episode it's,
1: it makes for some of the most compelling like stories I think well this first it's, episode more is compelling so is... compelling
0: it's so compelling in a way that
1: so let's get into talking about the plot of this episode then and let's talk about some of the characters not necessarily the actors themselves but let's talk about some of the characters and some of the arcs that we get in this episode so we've read the series plot synopsis but in this episode uh we're introduced to a handful of characters and um we we kind of get some hints that this series is going to be about you know these characters coming together because they're all separate some of them by continents and everything and you know fighting something although it's never really we never told what it is it's just all vaguely on a moment like oh the world's gonna end and that's kind of all we know
0: yeah yeah and so we see i mean there's the, the i think the the initial cast of characters in this episode is really strong is really strong and i think there was there was a I think there was a 72 minute pilot that was made before this was aired um and that introduced a few of the other characters which will come and also um, Silo the, the the main bad guy, and I'm glad that they didn't air that. I'm glad that they went with the core characters. So you've got Claire, the cheerleader. You've got Hero um, from G- the, the, the Japanese Hero guy. protagonist. Hero protagonist. Yeah, nice little snow crash. Um, you've got uh, Noah Bennett, who's who's Claire's dad, who's the kind of reveal at the end of the episode is what we find out. Peter mm-hmm. Petrelli and his brother. Um, Who's he's a nurse and his brother's a um, uh, he's, running, for he's Congress. running for senate. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? Is there anyone else? Am I forgetting anyone else? Oh, and the uh, the, the oh, you have um, the ca- the cam girl. The, 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 the Yeah, the woman and her son. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, who are who are both, and she's obviously trying to escape a, a very difficult life that she's she's living. And I think I think that's
1: it. Oh, Yo, you meet the artist as well. Oh, the artist, yeah, and he's an important character and
0: the mother of Peter and. Um, <laughs>
1: I love a good, rich, mentally unstable mother. It's oh. one of my favourite tropes in TV. Sw- swirling uh, a glass of martini. You know, yeah, like... Arrested Development is kind of like the you know the the really flanderized version of that, and I, I just anything less than that is great, you know.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think all of those characters and and what they do throughout the series and in, in this episode as well is they have them all interacting with each other. So oh, we missed out. We missed out, um, uh, Sharish. Who's uh, an Indian? Um... <laughs> because
1: he's not engaging
0: throughout all of this series. Yeah, he's quite. Yeah, maybe
1: someone <laughs> to throw a pie laying up a bit. But, um... He's the guy who's like, oh, but mutants. I mean, not that. That's not. This isn't that franchise.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why men? Is that what we're calling it? No. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh no, no. Okay.
0: And I think I'll well, just do so... this
1: really janky Indian accent. All right then,
0: Powell. Yeah, his accent does change. He goes from like quite posh. British to uh, it's a bit strange but all of these characters I think they all slot in together and, and I was reading about how they wrote the characters and it's, it's quite interesting I think they had each um, character had a kind of writing crew and they would write the individual um, characters and then bring it to the table and then they'd merge them together and so you you, you really got a sense of someone understanding where this character was going to go from A to B and seeing their arc um, throughout an episode, but also throughout the whole series, and I think what this initial series does, and it, and even this episode does, is it really able is able to bring all those threads together. In I a think way, it does
1: it in like quite a sparing manner because the only threads that are brought together are Claire and her father Noah. I think we said, um, and you have um, Peter. Meeting that the artist whose name is escaping me, and those are the kind of the only two threads that meet in this first episode.
0: Yes, but throughout the rest of the series, I think they managed to they managed to get that right in a way that separate the,
1: but together in quite a nice way, where you don't get like that cheesy sort of Marvel like Avengers assemble that are all not in a room figuring stuff out. You know, one of them might meet another one or maybe two, and it's and like they remain quite mm-hmm. diffuse in quite yeah. a good way, I think.
0: But the the we've mentioned it, but I think the other aspect to this, and again to go to that ensemble cast, is how much this leans on the the idea of a comic book. You know, this really is like this could come from a comic book. Well, um, interestingly, Sam. So in the
1: series as a whole, I don't know if you remember, it's been quite quite some time since you watched it. Um, so kind of like the kind of the thing that's driving this apocalypse plot forward in the rest of the series. Is that the artist, who's again name I've forgotten? Um, he gets high and he predicts the future, mm. and he paints the future, and and we find out later on in the series, in this first series, that several months ago or six months or whatever, this artist released a comic book, and the comic book is a is is a foretelling of a hero's adventures, and oh, yeah. hero and his friend they get a copy of this comic book. And hero is like, look, it says we should go here and do this. So it's really like convoluted, but in a great way where they're using this comic book predicting their future to tell them what to do. And it's kind of like wonderfully self-referential, but like handles it well enough. I think that it's not really on the nose.
0: Yeah, I love I love a good time travel plot. I always think time travel or, or any kind of future you know prediction like time really, paradox kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. So I think that that yeah they they kind of reference it's self-aware enough to know that they're doing that. But I think the even the even the imagery and and like some of the the way it's shot almost and all of it is just really really evocative. It's really it really draws you in to that comic book feel. And because you've got all these different threads together, which is often how you know comics work, is that you've you've got from one week to an next a different story or you've got a different aspect, and you see the converging story over the many weeks that you're buying them you're buying these 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 issues I think they they just they really nail that and again before that was popular before that was like every everything is on is superheroes and everything is about um or <laughs> oh, they have a
1: dark past <laughs> oh they have powers but they don't quite understand them yeah yeah it's, it's kind of like before that where it was still mainly consigned to like the pages of comic books
0: mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, as a pilot, I think this is one of the best ones we've watched because it is so compelling, and I think that's because of the the core concept. It's because of the the way that it really successfully introduces all of these characters, which is a heck of a lot to cram into forty four minutes. When you think about some of the shit we've watched up until this point, like it, it does an, a really good job of of not and just. It's also
1: quite it's also quite conservative in its storytelling. Like I, I, was watching this thinking that it would it would blow its load a lot more with superpowers because because this is a show about superheroes essentially, um, albeit you know no 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 one wears a mask or anything, and and it's we don't find out what Peter can do, uh, we don't find out what the uh, cam girl can do. Um... Well, you find we find out do, what the artist
0: do. does. We see that she's got some kind of
1: split personality, I think. But yeah, but we don't really see what that means. Yeah. all we see is that, like, you know, she might just be mentally unstable. Like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't really it it kind of shows you hints at it rather than showing you it, which I think is a really good move. And obviously, like Peter thinks he can fly, and it turns out his brother can fly, which is a nice little subversion there at the very end of the episode. And And we have the stuff with claire but it's they tell you enough about it but without being like oh look this guy this guy can use fire and oh this guy he's got mental powers like professor xavier or this guy's got claws it's it's not that it's not trying to sell toys you know Mm -hmm. which a lot of like superhero stuff prior to this is really guilty of yeah
0: yeah and and i think you know we mentioned like the 10 episode uh, netflix series this had um 23 episodes so it it was it was quite traditional in that sense of like um, it's really
1: bridging that gap I think
0: yeah that that early that let's have twenty five episodes of everything and that's just the way TV is whereas now we, we it's much more limited it's higher budget per episode and and you you maybe get an hour and a half episode in there and everything's at least an hour anyway and I think that again. For, for for some of it might just be the fact that they're dragging a story out which the second season absolutely does because they had so little story to play if with only they had of, a story right yeah because of the because of the writer <laughs> strike and, and and all of that which is unfortunate but i think that there's um yeah it is it is quite brave to have an opening a first episode that has such a limited scope in some ways and so you, you see the characters are introduced. You see a little bit of the powers, as you say. But really, it, all it does is offer more questions, which is, you know, you could go the other way. You could have a first episode where you see a massive explosion and a big fight and, you know, people throwing cars with their minds and all this stuff. Um, and I think maybe if the show was made today, that's what you would see, is because everyone wants wow. the shot of... Wow. of i have a relevant
1: relevant show that does that that came out this week last week um you probably haven't seen the umbrella academy on netflix that's another series that's based off a comic book by the same name and they did it in the first season and they've done it in the second season because it involves time travel where in the first episode they will show you the apocalypse or you know where all the characters die and then the rest of the series is about going back in time like 10 or 12 days and stopping it Mm. and like you said But that's kind of like a this this show doesn't do that. It doesn't say, you know, it doesn't show you it all whereas whereas the Umbrella Academy that I'm talking about. It shows you all of that in the first episode because that's the hook. Whereas the hook in this is like, say, don't you wish you knew what was going on going on? Which like you said is quite brave for a for a network TV show. Yeah, in a world in a world where people could say, Well, actually I don't care and then they'll get cancelled immediately.
0: Yeah. And fourteen million people watch this. I mean, you know, and that—that—that's maybe a little bit of a hint at the monoculture idea, yeah. where you know we don't have that dysphoria of of different shows, and we don't have YouTube in the same sense that we do now. We don't have Netflix in the same sense that we do now. You know, this is on NBC, and
1: well, Blockbuster was still doing quite well in 2006. Yeah, we're, we're like. all still
0: we're all still renting uh, DVDs, aren't we?
1: Not my family. Too cheap.
0: <laughs> But what's interesting to me, and, and looking back at some of the reviews from two thousand six, um, on on Rotten Tomatoes, the lack of spandex is what makes heroes stand out, and and there's all these part of the show's success um, was eliminating the the hoagie costumes. There's all these like real um, insights into where people were with superheroes, and and I think I just well done for the for the, the, the you know the the. Producers to be able to get a show that just came right at the time when this was all coming back, and as we've mentioned, all that I think comes from this new world that everyone was living in in two thousand uh, five, two thousand five, two thousand six, and really wanting to try and find, you know, the humanity in normal people and the heroes in in all of us and all this stuff, all these kind of themes. It's quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, what do what what don't we like about this? Because th- I have one thing that's going to jump straight out of my mouth here the stunts in this are dog shit in this first episode um, and I, I won't say that for the whole series but right at the end where peter and um his brother whose name is unimportant uh, nathan are flying that they are some of the worst jankiest wire shots i have ever seen in my life <laughs> they look so bad so bad and i know it's 2006 and this is tv and and tv shows in 2006 did not have anywhere near the kind of budget that TV shows get now, so I think maybe we've been spoilt by competent work, and this was obviously just a this is the very first episode which usually means it's one of the cheapest and this is the only real like, there were stunts with Claire but a lot of that's makeup and sort of like throwing dolls off things and that's okay but when Peter and his brother are flying ugh, it yeah. was, I could have choreographed a better wire shot, honestly
0: Well, well I mean you, when you look at like You look at the budget. I mean, I think Game of Thrones is something like fifteen million dollars an episode. Yeah. You know, you can make. We we watched um, Hot Fuzz the other day, and that was made for eight million dollars, eight million pounds. (laughs) Sorry, and it it made
1: one episode of Game of Thrones cost. Yeah, and
0: that's 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 a two hour film. You know, with with it's just like it's just insane. And there's inflation in there, of course, but it's just insane the world that TV is in now. It's brilliant because we get to experience it all. But yeah there is I there know, is... But
1: and, I, and that's maybe an unfair comment but I just wanted to point it out that like this does look like a show from 2006 yeah. I, on a similar note I do think it's a little bit too washed out for me someone put on a bright jumper please it's very blues and greys and that's fine and it's very aughts really really aughts but you know the world's very depressing right now I need some colour
0: yeah well <laughs> the world was very depressing in 2006 as well so uh,
1: I don't know Sam Booming economies,
0: yeah, but no, uh, how, no housing. Not really. Crisis. It was all. It was all. It wasn't. It still wasn't great, was it? You know, we were still. We were on the precipice. I'd take it, Sam. There wasn't a plague. <laughs> there wasn't <laughs> a plague. A literal plague. Yeah. the The thing that I the thing that I I don't like about this, and I think it's as this as the show progresses, it really comes to fruition. Um. There's a scene in Family Guy where Peter and they're all dying for some reason, they're all getting drowned or something. And Peter says, um, I've got to admit something. And he says, "I never liked the Godfather." And he says, and his criticism is it insists upon itself, Lois. It insists upon <laughs> itself, which is kind of meaningless, but I I, I, come, I come back to it all the time because I think this show kind of insists upon itself. It's kind of thinking it's so clever and so intricate and detailed, and all of these stories will converge in a way that no one could have possibly predicted. And I think there's a grandness to this, which, if I was watching it in 2006, and I think I was, but wasn't really thinking about this, I would be thinking, boy, oh, boy, you better be... You better have the intellectual weight to back up all of these long speeches.
1: Well, the thing is, though, Sam... Is
0: can, can, can I read? Can everything-
1: I Everything everything in 2006 just hold on can you read it but everything in 2006 was like this and everything's following it uh, this it's so sincere Lost is really guilty of that as well of being like God we're clever but you know do you know what I mean me yeah. in a way it's so sincere uh, can I, can I read forward, you can I read you this quote a year later, when I'm done uh, Jericho that which I think was again later like everything had that same feel to it that same like really convoluted really shit eating confusing plot
0: read the quote and I think yeah I think all of it just it's just so like it's so sincere and I'll read this quote it says where does this come from this quest this need to solve life's mystery for the simplest of questions can never be answered why are we here what is the soul why do we dream perhaps we, we would be better off not looking at all not delving not yearning that's not human nature not the human heart that is not why we are here and you're like cool story bro cool what <laughs>
1: Yeah what? that was a lot of words but ultimately you didn't
0: say you did say anything, anything. you did say yeah. anything luckily luckily the the first season of this show does pay off all of this nonsense it does pay off all of these grand speeches and this like this this introspective sentiment about the human condition it does pay off and i think they managed to bring it, it together in a way that's not really really what's the word False or or hollow, you know, and I think they're lucky in that sense because season two tries the same thing and utterly fails. Season three I think that's... really, really is abysmal and I haven't mm. even seen the it's season It's the four. great
1: tragedy of this show, which, I mean, it, if you're still listening after 35 minutes, you know that we like this show. And it's a great tragedy of it that this first season is so solid. I, I'm not a big fan of the ending because I think went spoilers for heroes that came out in 2006 i guess um where the silo like isn't killed in the final confrontation and sli- you see there's a shot of him slipping down the storm drain away
0: i remember that like, yeah. is honestly, it in the, they're in the like, plaza aren't they they're in the big yeah, plaza. that's right yeah,
1: yeah and heroes got the sword and and it's been a while but like it really felt like a god all your, that only exists you have neutered your own series in order to set up the second series and it's really really not even lazy because they went out of their way to rob that ending of any kind of weight by immediately like in the next shot saying oh, it's all right he's not dead
0: yeah he'll and, be back next that, season that's, that's, that's a classic that's a classic thing isn't it it's about it's about and we, we've argued about this does the second series of heroes detract from the first series and now Let's let's
1: have a mini sort of like statement of terms here. I would argue that <laughs> and we could use loads of examples here, but I would argue that the first season of Heroes is still very good, and that the second season being so bad as it was doesn't actively detract from my enjoyment of the first series. But it does reduce my respect for almost everyone involved. And I guess the, 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 the flat franchise as a whole. Is cheapened a little, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I can still watch that first season and enjoy it. Yeah, and so
0: I'd argue that because I'd argue that they it literally does because they decided obviously to keep um, Siler alive to, to to continue his character in the in the second season. I think I think if if they'd just had the bra- if they'd done the brave thing after twenty three episodes as well, it's not like you hadn't <laughs> had your fill. It's like eighteen hours of heroes. Extraordinary, extraordinary. Like, then just you make you know do the decision, cut off Ned Stark's head. In the end, yeah. And, you know, all, I, I mean, think,
1: that's the that's the greatest baller move, really, isn't it? Like, it totally
0: is. Here's Sean Bean d- doing a great job, and everyone likes him. And then, whew, he's dead. And I think all of that, all of that, really does for me in the heroes the second season just irrevocably damages it i, I can't i can't not I'm, i can't not watch that because i've i've seen it i know the story i know what's going to happen i know that it doesn't i guess take... you're
1: right sam and it kind of like in the narrative of this if the conversation would be so different if we were talking about i honestly think that if they hadn't made any more of this show that we would be talking about this kind of how we talk about firefly yeah i honestly think the first season of this is like maybe not as good but like it's really good and it's probably like as transformative for the genre Mm -hmm. and and because like you said because they made season two and three which was so piss poor and that reboot as well which is apparently really badly received that it kind of takes it from being this really interesting transformative show that you know was sadly cancelled after this great run to this show that like carried staggered on Way after it deserved to die, and I guess that does change the narrative. And it does change how you talk about this show, and it does change how we can, we we have to perceive it based on its run.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. It, I, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. So one one other big thing, and there's a couple of nice funny facts that I can I can bring to heroes. I like th- this show is one of the first that i remember and i might be wrong in thinking that it's the first but it's one of the first i remember that really created like that um that like cottage industry around the show an example of this is the bbc and i remember watching this had a a tv show called heroes unmasked which was like a behind the scenes that i think ran after the the show that it first aired um and then i think another yeah a, a g4 network had a um uh, uh, American version of that called the post show, um, which had I
1: feel like live... I'm not trying to argue with you. Attractive, I feel like Lost had something similar. Yeah, yeah I think it might did. Been that that like, that that might have been the actual start, but yeah, yeah this is definitely early. Like, but, but know, the whole this is a good. example We didn't sit of... and talk about TV that had just been on in an, our own separate show that existed to talk about TV that had just been on. Yeah. before this, so just, you know,
0: really, and so much of that. I mean, like podcasts are are. are, are Pretty new right now. Like we've not really had podcasts very long in 2006. YouTube is very. It's still in the stage of
1: still so it's an in infancy. So yeah, really, like it's just videos um, of stuff. It's not. It's not. I the think Netflix there. is still renting DVDs at this point. 100. You know? There isn't.
0: There yeah. isn't any of. There isn't any of that. Like, um
1: if you're on the internet talking about stuff like this, you're still a nerd. Yeah, and and it was
0: all on fan. It was all on fan sites. On NBC. Yeah, like like dot slash
1: school fan forums. Yeah.
0: So, and but but I think the whole the whole kind of multimedia, um, to use a very very, nineties early two thousands word, that is was really, um, uh, it really, kicked off in this in a way that this you was had
1: kind of like a cultural phenomenon, like we said a bit a bit like we talked about Game of Thrones a couple of times throughout this, like similar to that where, you know, it's a real water cooler show, at the time I think.
0: Yeah. You had you had webisodes, like that, which I think yeah
1: is... we t- we talked about this earlier about how like
0: oh, webisodes,
1: webisodes. We talked about this earlier about how you know it's it's kind of it was kind of rare at this time to find a show like this, which is a nerdy sort of like subject, which everyone was watching, and Game of Thrones has kind of blown that out the water completely. But this show did a really impressive thing and got so many people who wouldn't usually watch something that was like based on a comic book. You know what I mean? Like that comic booky feel. Were watching this and talking about it and obsessed with it and and for a really short period of time sure but like that's kind of amazing
0: mm. what's also amazing is that nbc who also commissioned and put on air heroes um had a created a parody version called zeros which was put on youtube and had uh, four chapters um and was it, it looks pretty crap crap. But the funniest thing is, is that development and production of this was kept secret from the heroes creator Tim Kring. <laughs> Which I think is just <laughs> And it came out like the year after or the same year that heroes came out like openly mocking their own show. Um and I just think that is just bizarre. Just what a totally bizarre thing to It's
1: mad really. Yeah.
0: Really strange. Different time, I
1: suppose, Sam. Um so i looked up earlier actually i was quite interested to see um to sort of like it's always interesting to track where a show sort of sits in the in the history of of tv so quite a few shows uh, debuted we talked earlier about how um dexter debuted um in the same year as this and uh, a tv show called psych um which i've watched ooh, loads and loads and loads of Uh, ugly betty started this year loads of like really long-running shows that you know are still quite well regarded to this Mm -hmm. day yes a sort of set in time I mean like uh, 30 Rock started in in 2006 yeah um, Yeah. you know and obviously these aren't the same genre shows ugly betty might be the closest in terms of like you know a show that everyone was inexplicably watching Um, and then the shows that are ending. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle ends its run in 2006. Arrested Development ends its original run in 2006. Boy, do you feel old. God, Arrested Development um,
0: is like 2003, isn't it? The sitcom
1: Goliath Joey ended in 2006. <laughs> um, That's our past show, episode of that? Yeah, see, how, see our past episodes. That 70s show ended. Charmed, Will and Grace ended its initial run. Like, loads of shows which really kind of like bridged that 90s to 2000s gap finished this year. Like you know, Malcolm in the Middle is probably like the jump out one there in terms of like a, that's a real like of my childhood show. And it finished here. This is the end. This is the end, and then the beginning of much more, much bigger, much grander shows Mm -hmm. like Heroes, Mm -hmm. like Lost, like Prison Break.
0: Yeah, yeah. Trying to do trying to do bigger things, and as as we've mentioned, I think I think we're coming to wrap up here, aren't we? But you see that transition, and what what I find interesting is when you track it against people our age. You know, approximately millennials. When you track this TV, you can see the you can see the progression from, for you know, following a formula TV, um, which is you know not necessarily things like Friends, but you can see that progression. Um, well,
1: form, formulate like anything really, like um, you know, police procedurals
0: or yeah. detective shows. You can see um, you can see that movement, you know and I think it. and then it, it's no coincidence that as we hit our 30s and, and people around us you Stop know reminding me I know but in theory we're the target market now we're the ones with all the money
1: yeah I'm waiting Sam any day now expecting <laughs> that truck to pull up give me all my money don't worry
0: podcast Patreon money coming to <laughs> your way anytime anytime now anytime now
1: Sam I don't mean to derail the podcast any further but don't we need listeners for that
0: uh, no, I don't think so. That's not is how... It's really matter question. It's not how economics is listening to this. No, I don't think
1: so. Well, I think the economics of podcasting have changed.
0: <laughs> and I think... <laughs> and <laughs> God damn it, you got me there.
1: Just pause to laugh at my joke reference <laughs> <to> American Dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that the, the, you you see now the the, the crazy marvel cinematic universe with 90 films and and the really like hardcore tv shows that you know 15 million dollars an episode it all comes back to this it all comes back to lost it all comes back to heroes it all comes back to these these big shows which i think represent that real change you know in in, yeah, in a new world totally. that we we'd ventured into
1: so yeah i think that kind of brings us to the end but i guess as usual like that's, that's summarizing final thoughts in my opinion, I'm going to go first this week. Uh, this first season is really worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Um, I, I can't attest to the quality of any of what it looks like, to be honest, because the pilot really looked like a 2006 TV show. Uh, like a quote-unquote high-budget 2006 TV show. Um, and so it ages in ways that like cheap sitcoms like Friends won't age because they weren't doing wire work and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe it won't look great but I think that narratively this is a really fun interesting kind of like you know I think quite satisfying series the first season and then what I want you all to do is stop <laughs> remove it from your watch list stop don't watch anymore don't make the mistake our friend Joe made don't waste 40 hours of your life watching another two seasons of a show that really should have stopped dead then it's some of the worst tv i've ever seen in my life and I, I cannot stress enough how bad it is
0: yeah i think that's a that's a fair you've been warned listener for me it, it, i think it, this it is it does
1: every soap trope yeah uh, the bad guy gets amnesia and becomes a father and a good guy and then he's a bad guy again it's all very confusing and stupid and nothing's ever resolved and it's uh... yeah i think that's the that's anyway.
0: the, the the tragic for, thing for me is i always i'd always have this like tinged uh, here is already tinge with the oh god the rest of it's crap though like, you know what I mean in a way that I think if if you could just enjoy it for what it is, season one is really good and this pilot I think is is one of the best pilots we've watched I think it's really really solid, you know. I think and, it's a
1: different kind of pilot. I'm not sure we've done this kind of pilot before, which is, it's not setting up a situation in the way that a lot of the other things that we have watched yeah. do.
0: But it's but it's still it's still trying it's trying to it's trying to give it's trying to give. The audience a taste of what's to come, and I think that's what it does really well. Which is which is what a good pilot should do. You should you should understand it should, the show, and it should you should understand you the that you
1: want to watch the next episode.
0: Yeah, I think that's so. I think that's that's a pretty good, pretty good job overall. Pretty good job overall. Then last yeah, fact, so... last fact, just before oh, we leave go on. is oh, you're doing it. You're doing a me. I'm doing a you. It's really funny though. Um, there's a scene in this where Claire, the the girl who can't be killed, puts her hand down a food a garbage disposal. Thing which they have in America, I think, like chops up the food, and uh, she has her fingers severely like just destroyed, and then they just grow back because she's got these powers. the the the, the maker of the incinerator, Emerson um, Electric Company, sued NBC because <laughs> because they claimed the sink casts the disposer in an unsavory light, irreparably tarnishing the product. <laughs> By suggesting serious <laughs> injuries would result in the event consumers were to accidentally insert their hands into one. And uh, the NBC and, and Emerson um settled out of court and they edited I think the D V D version has an edited version where the Insink creator logo um has been removed from the scene. Amazing. That's Is Come on, it's a bit of a weird thing. You've got right? so got much quite... you've got so much time. Look look how much time you're wasting. You know, we've I know. Like give it, give it, give it fifteen years, and you're going to be goddamn locked in your house for six months. You know, 2006. So there we go. Heroes, good show. Enjoyed this. Good show. Don't watch any past the first season.
1: So before we go, as usual, if anyone's listening after that rambling ten minutes, send us a tweet, imaginary pod, if you, I guess, have thoughts, exist, want a friend. So that's imaginary pod on Twitter, uh, and we will see you next
0: week. See you later.